Hey guys, this is Table of 4-4. My name is Stefan, and this is our 14th episode on the podcast. I'm going to let Dad take it now. Cue the music! Hey guys, my name is Andre. Hey, this is Stephanie. Hey, this is Adrian. My name is Stephanie. And this, this is, is Table for Four. Today, we're going to be discussing about discrimination. So I know that there is a broad, broad topic, but we're going to try to see how can we zone in and focus on the different aspects of discrimination. So we're going to go through with definitions and we're just going to try to figure out what it is, what it's not, and just taking it from there. So our first guest um, is a wedding photographer and he is good, good friends with our other guest panel, Theo Rowe. Right. And um, he's a professional wedding pho- uh, photographer and he manages three wedding photography bands, which is a lot of work. On a its lot own. of work. Um, and he's a native from Brooklyn. So having his perspective, he's coming from a very diverse, diverse background. And, you know, it's strange because when we have such a diverse background, you're able to get in touch with people from different cultures, uh, different religions, and all these different types of backgrounds. So he's an awesome person to join with us today. His name is Ben. Ben, are you here? Yes, I am. Hello, hello. Hi, Ben. How are you? Doing great. Ben, I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, and then we'll just take it from there. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Well, well, I don't know uh, what else to add to that wonderful intro um, that you gave me. So, uh, so I am, I am a fifth generation Chinese American. Uh, yeah, born born and raised in in Brooklyn, and uh, moved out when uh, when I was fourteen. Moved down to Maryland for high school and college, and um, studied finance. Got a finance job down there. Met my wife. Quit that job. Ended up back <laughs> up here in New Jersey, and uh, the rest is history. And uh, like you said, we um, we own and manage three wedding photography brands up here, and uh, we have two wonderful boys about the same age as your two boys, and um, and a little dog. So now, then, our next guest uh, <laughs> is going to be introduced by Andres. My next guest is Byron Lee, and he was in one of our Essential Workers episode. And I think I thought he would be a perfect fit only because of his psychology background. So, mm-hmm. so I want to pick his brain on the psychology side of this. Welcome back, Byron. And this is Byron Lee. What's up, Byron? Hey. How are you doing? Uh, so yes, I was on a previous episode. I was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada to parents from South Korea. They immigrated to Canada and I made my way to New York and that's it. <laughs> I guess that makes me a first generation. Yeah. First generation Canadian American. I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah, cause I, I think Canadian American is very fitting for who I am. So, yeah, so what me. about in uh, in Canada? What generation is that? Your parents were the first generation in Canada. I I, I I never really understood how that really worked. They they're the ones that immigrated, and I was the first one to be like first to be born in the in the country. So right. yeah, your second. I don't, gen, I don't know if that makes gen. me first, first or just second. I don't even know. So yeah. <laughs> 
So I guess we're going to go right into it. We want to get a definition. So what is discrimination? So this is open to everybody, but I think if the boys want to kind of jump in and try to figure out what discrimination was, who wants to start first? So what I found on Google, it's a little bit different. It has a little bit. Okay, so basically I was on my phone doing podcast homework. Um, so I found um, a meaning of discrimination. It said, discrimination is the act of unjustified directions between human beings. Wow. Wow. Okay. That was good. That was great. Okay. Now, break that down. What does that mean? Yeah, take a deep breath. It's easy to remember it, but do you really truly understand it? What about you, Adrian? What do you think discrimination is? And put it into your own words. Well, what I think discrimination mm-hmm. is, is that... I think discrimination is being um, mistreated, mm-hmm. like people being mistreated because of their religion and their gender and their race, yeah, and, race right. and stuff. And religion, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that so much easier? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think uh, discrimination is, Byron? I'm going to throw that to you. What do you think that means for discrimination? It's, it's just, I feel like just trying to elevate one's person's like status above another person's just based on like observable characteristics that have nothing to do with the person. You know what I mean? Like always like your gender or your ethnicity and, and making a broad judgment, stereotypical judgment that usually is not true because people as individuals, you know, they're unique in them in themselves. So to make a judgment about a person based on their appearance is really like, it's just lazy. It's, it's, it's how the, I think the mind or the brain works, but it's just lazy. I never heard. It's just a lazy, it's just a lazy process for human beings to get a first impression of another person. And it's like, it requires like someone's effort to not, not make snap judgments about a person based mm-hmm. on their appearance and stuff. So I think lazy is a great word. I didn't yeah. even think of. It's just lazy. It's mm-hmm. just really lazy. That's, that's in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because it, it requires effort just to say hello to someone. Right. You know what I mean? Just to say hello and get to know them or whatever. It requires energy. It requires effort. And it's just a lot easier uh, at times to just not make that effort and just to make a generalized, like uh, ju- like a generalized stereotypical thing just based on appearance. An assumption. And it's usually wrong. An assumption. But yeah, it, and it's, it's often wrong. It's usually wrong. And Ben, what do you think about um, discrimination? What is it? How do you define it? The way that I define it for my kids, uh, it's like when you make a judgment about another person, when you make a judgment based on something that they can, can't control, whether it's their skin color or you know the way that they were born or whatever it is, you're making a judgment on their character without really getting to know them. So, I mean, it's what you guys just said earlier, you know, just like judging a person without really getting to know them, you know, you, just based on what you could see on the outside. And, uh, and, and it's usually unfair. And... Um, Sometimes, you know, sometimes these judgments could be true, but a lot of times they're not. 
Like if you look at me, he's like, yeah, that guy, that guy knows how to use chopsticks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's an assumption. Right, but then you're going to ask you, does he know Kung Fu? Right? It's not really discrimination. <laughs> no. You know, you just look at my face and you're like, yeah, this guy knows how to use chopsticks. You know, that's the kind of discrimination. <laughs> but it's, it's, But usually discrimination has, uh, usually it's bad qualities. You assume that these these people have uh, like a certain bad quality about them. Right. Uh, uh, that's usually not true. And you're basing it off just the way that they look. So when do you think about discrimination and you're using, again, an idea that right. you really don't have any inkling about, right? Right. So what is the, the cliche that they always say? You can't judge a book by, by its, its cover, cover right. right? So what it is that we're trying to do here is try to get a better understanding of the climate of what's going on for today. Right. So when we think about discrimination, it trickles down to race, trickles down to racism, it trickles down to systemic racism. So it, it becomes more and more contextual and trying to figure out what does that really mean right. and how does it apply to the current climate? A lot of hot topics are going on discussing about race, racism, discrimination, and hate. So the first topic we're going to tackle is about the Asian hate movement, right? So it's not necessarily a movement, but it's just a recognition that a lot of the crimes that are currently happening just so happens to happen to Asian people and specific islanders. So when we think about that, what are the first things you take into consideration, right? We just had a discussion about what is the meaning of discrimination, right? So now we're taking it a step further. We're going to talk about some events that happened recently. So first things first is what are your thoughts and opinions about the anti-Asian related hate crimes? Now, I know that the, again, with the current climate, there is just so many things that are going on. Uh, for the first example, that there was um, news about people being hurt that are being discriminated against because they are Asian. So when you think about the new things that are coming up in these in the media and everything like that, what are your thoughts about how things are happening right now? What you've seen in the media? I mean, personally, I feel like the Asian discrimination never really went away. It was always swept under the rug or, you know, it wasn't really talked about much because I don't know if you've heard of uh, the term model minority. No, I've never Have heard, you heard of that, that term, term before. No, I've never heard that term before. Byron, you know what I'm talking about? Model yeah, minority? it's that Asians in general tend to work hard and outperform. Uh, and they don't cause trouble. And they you don't know, cause Asians trouble. Asians in general, they don't, they don't, they don't like to uh, cause trouble or anything. They just want to like work hard or whatever. And that actually had a detrimental effect to the Asian community at large because that's also discrimination. You might feel like, you might, it might sound like, oh, well, Asians are good at math. They're really studious and they work hard and they're very successful. But the thing is that doesn't, that doesn't speak for um, a lot of folks in the Asian community. There are a lot of folks who are maybe not, you know, maybe not financially successful, you know, and they get, they get, they don't get the benefits of being part of that community. You know, they get, they get overlooked a lot of the times. You might not think that that's discrimination, but that actually does have a detrimental effect to the community at large. But, you know, even going back a couple hundred years, you know, discrimination has always been around. So I, 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 I never felt like it's ever gone away. What are your thoughts and, you know, just the overall understanding of what 
the anti-Asian hate crimes are related to. So when we think about the different types of discrimination that's happening, especially to the Asian community, what do you, uh, what do you guys think about that? I just, it's just sad. You know, I think discrimination is always going to be a part of our life. It's never going to go away. It's just how human beings function in general. But to like, it requires someone to like be aware of what discrimination is and make a choice not to discriminate and to, I don't, I don't know if they can teach it in school or like if you need to go to like post-secondary education or, you know, take some psychology classes and learn about studies regarding like how pe- one person treats another person and then make a conscious choice that I don't want to do that. That's not something that I want to be known for. I don't want to like, uh, not like someone based on their outward appearance, but to get to know them. And it's just sad that like, just randomly attacking people based on their appearance is, is pretty sad. And it's, I don't think there's anything we could really do about it except to make the laws and make like hate crime laws. But even then, that's not really going to solve the problem. Yeah, that because, wouldn't even really yeah. solve a lot of that either. Only because... Yeah, it's just, it's just going it, to yeah, put more punishment on And then, you know, maybe maybe they'll get, you know, some education in prison or whatever. But like, it's just it's just about education. And if it could be done as early as possible in schools and stuff like that, then, you know, that hopefully the younger generations understand that, like what it is, but there's also, there's, it's political too, you know, like there's, there's groups of people that don't want to teach that. Do you know what I mean? Like they want to keep the status quo. They want to keep the, the structure in the schools and they don't want to teach about like things like historical things like slavery and like the real, real things about slavery mm-hmm, and, and right. about the history of like Chinese American, Chinese people coming here and building the railroads and all that stuff. They don't want to teach them. Like if you look in a photo of like railroaders, the group photo, you don't see Chinese yeah. people in the group photo. They were excluded from the photo. You don't uh, hear about the Chinese exclusion act. You don't hear about these like political things that were were done specifically to keep uh, immigrants like other other immigrants out of this country, even though they were brought in here to do right. labor and stuff and right. be a part of the American. Right. So the history is always our history is like one sided. It, it is, but it's yeah, it's the whole political structure and the history of this country. I mean, Ben is a fifth generation American from Chinese descendants right his history is deep in this country i'm like a first roots yeah it's roots and and that's that's the same thing with like even uh african americans or black americans they their history is american history so you know why is there black history month when their entire history should be incorporated into a years-long american history class like why is separated it just doesn't make any sense to me Right. But I think you made a good point about it's about educating, but it also starts at home. I know, Ben, that you have two young boys. How do you approach um, a topic like this? Because I sometimes find myself it's difficult for me to have that conversation because I might not be aware of how to approach it. I might not be able to say the right things. But with you having two boys, how do you, you know, 
give that information? How do you educate them on that? And, you know, in reference to what's going on now? Well, I, you know, even, even though the bad news, even we see the bad news on, on you know, on the television and everything, uh, we find that to be teachable moments, opportunities to kind of like make them aware, help them become aware of, of this is the world, the real world that's out there. And we don't want to sugarcoat them because we don't want them to be ill-prepared right, for right, adulthood. Right, right, Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally know? agree. So, uh, so we use these as teachable moments. Hey, you know, listen, you know, there's going to come a day when someone's going to say or do bad things to you and you, uh, you know, you've got nothing to do with it. There's nothing, uh, for, for no good reason at all. Someone's going to be mean to you and some, you know, you can ignore it, right? You can ignore it. You can confront it. Um, you can educate it. You're taking an opportunity to educate that person. That's that's how we've been approaching it with our kids. Just just making them aware of it is a good first step. And I know that's something that I want to tie back to what Byron said before. It's about um, being lazy. Now I don't know how can we apply that. So if we're not starting the education at home, right? Because if we're too afraid, right. like not I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid to talk about stuff. But like if there were other parents that were out there that were afraid to have that conversation, right? Is it them being lazy? I, I don't think it comes it's, off like that, though. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's when is the right time to talk about it. Because remember when Adrian had his incident mm -hmm. when he was six years old, how do we talk to him about racism at six? Like sometimes you don't have the tools to educate, you know? Like it's not something that you're naturally going to be born, born with unless you had good schooling, good education, you know, right. maybe you went to post-secondary education. Like if I was in a, grew up in a more impoverished area and didn't go to good schools and then, you know, graduated and got a job, like how would I know how to, if I had kids, like how would I know how to educate my kids on these things unless I was mentored from my parents Right. Or someone mentored me, you know, uh, ignorance is a, another issue that even though like you can't, you can't fault someone for being ignorant. And I'm not using the word ignorant in a pejorative way, like as a, a negative way. It's just if you're completely unaware of the situation or how to deal with it, like there's, that's not your fault. What's another way of looking at that? Like if you're just oblivious to the situation? Yeah, well, you do have some yeah, people yeah, that are oblivious, just, oblivious yeah. to racism. Yeah, you're just ignorant. Like, unless you're brought some awareness, like how, how could you fault someone for not being able to teach or not educating someone if you don't even have the ability to do it? So it just comes with having good schools, good education, good, good role models, you know, and also through story books and all that stuff. But awareness is very, is super important. Awareness. You know, the thing is, I don't think, you know, in my, in my mind, right. You have people that are not racist, right. Then you have people that are blatantly racist, right. But then you have that squishy middle, right. Where you have people that don't think they're racist, but they're like really racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just not aware. They That's just don't. The, like, area. the way I feel about it is like, it's not really like, I can understand why it's humorous, but that person is ignorant. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad that that person doesn't, isn't aware of how, like how that comment doesn't help them, you know? Right, right, absolutely.
Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to make light of that subject. But that. No, yeah, what, no. Yeah, that, but you know that, that you you do have that squishy little. Uh, that it's not little actually. It's I, I I personally believe it's 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 quite large. You know, like people that don't believe that they're racist, but they harbor these these feelings and this these discriminatory beliefs about certain groups of people. They might not act on it. They might be silent about it, or maybe they don't believe it's racist at all. You know, um, that's that's where the danger is. You know, they think it's harmless. They think it's teasing or, or, or whatever it is, you know, those things, those things can easily snowball into bigger things, more dangerous things down the road. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that middle part where you have folks who don't believe that they're racist and they, and when you tell them, Hey, listen, you know, what you said there was not appropriate or maybe, you know, that's, that's not something that you should be saying. They, they might take, they might, take a defensive position on that they might take offense and like hey man i'm you know i'm the least racist person you know you know right. <laughs> i'm dating yeah, this I'm, dat- I'm dating this minority you yeah. know like how can right. you call me a racist i married i married an asian woman you know like <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't mean that doesn't, doesn't mean anything yeah. right it doesn't change it. it doesn't give him a pass either you know like yeah. i would give somebody a pass oh it's because your wife is asian or black or spanish does it still doesn't give you the right to do it i was gonna say that like a person like me growing up in Canada and then living here in America, it's, it's, I have talked about this with other people, how I, how starkly different it is living in Canada and living in America, because it feels like, I feel like in America, you know, they want you to know, like, there's this like big, I don't know how to explain it. Like, there's a lot of identity politics, if that's the right word, about you belong to a group of Explain. people. Explain. Identity. You know, like, yeah, you're like, okay, if you were to do a census form and you look at the form and you see, you know, what what's your ethnicity or what your race is, and it might say white, black, and then you have everything okay, else, I'm like you. dash, I'm gonna stop you hyphen right now. something. Yeah, here's go here's ahead. why I'm going to stop you. <laughs> Every time you see the census, people throw it away in the garbage, right? I'm guilty right. of one of them, right? Right. I, f- I feel like, okay, I'm filling this out. Why am I filling this out, right? So the understanding of a census is to get a compilation of data, like hard data, right. to see what can funding be done for in your neighborhood based on your zip code, based on your culture, based on religion, whatever the case may be, based on that, right? So when you're telling people, oh, fill this information out, because it's going to do something, it's going to apply to you. How? Right? How does that apply? Me filling out this paperwork, what, do you, what is that going to be done for me? Because I know right. I'm guilty of one of them. Back then, before I knew what it was, I just looked at it and I threw it in the garbage. Right. So do you think that that's still going on right now? I mean, I think it's part of the U.S. From what I understand, it's part of the U.S. Uh, laws that they do sentence, uh, census every 10 years. But they don't need the race question. They can just get rid of the race question. Like, how is that? Like, why? Why is that necessary to have? You can just get rid of the race question because it's not that important. It should really be like identifying factors, as in like the socioeconomic status of the area, like the how how well the schools are doing, and then move the money or funding in, in that way to address problems in the community that have nothing to do with race. Right, but, but they have that data already in terms of like low, yeah. low 
low scoring schools how and did, stuff like that. How did yeah. they go about getting that data, that data? Right. So it's about everything is about research, right? So research, 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 yeah. right? So I, I get that. You know, because when I when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, fine. We we fill out this people, you know, this piece of paper. It's gonna do whatever wonders it is. But I myself, along with millions of others, don't really take the time to to fill that out. But does it still prevent us from getting the information that we need? Right? No. It shouldn't prevent us from getting any information. But I think about it in that sense because it's just like, again, it's just a piece of paper. Eh, it's not going to do anything for me. And it's the same thing with racism. People say, oh, I'm not racist. You know, I'm not racist. But, you know, this is what it is. But that piece of paper, it is important. Right. You need to fill it out so that we can get a better understanding and be aware of what it needs to be. That is one of the tools that they need in order to have a better understanding of what is going on and how to function in the community. So those, those undertones of that piece of paper might not be so important to you right now, but down the road, it is important. All right. You know, that's how I, I see it in that comparison. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm making that comparison in a way that, that, you know, that you can understand, but that's how I see it in comparison to that. Does that make sense to everybody? Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like my growing up in Canada, I wasn't really made to feel different. Like everybody that I, my feeling was growing up, everybody was Canadian. There wasn't a Korean Canadian, Chinese Canadian, African Canadian, you know, white. It's just everyone was treated like Canadian. And it's the weirdest thing when I come here, I don't feel like I'm American. I have to be something American. That's why I say I'm a Canadian American because I think it's funny. <laughs> You're a what? He's a Canadian American. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person from an immigrant country immigrating to another immigrant country. That's so how much Canadian I, American. I... Yeah, so like if... It, and it's, it is because I am Canadian and I naturalize an American. So I'm a Canadian American and I think it's funny because I want to like poke fun at the whole like identity thing that this yeah. country is completely obsessed about. Wait a minute. Take a step back for me. So you instead don't, of I, identifying I, as I, an Asian American or Asian Canadian, he's a Canadian American. Okay. So, okay. So <laughs> if, if somebody was to ask you that question and you say, I identify as Canadian American, Canadian American, Canadian American. that's the thing and that makes the most sense to me. What did they say to you? Did they give you a funny look? Yeah. People yeah, laugh at it. And then I just, and then I move on with the uh, next question. Like, uh, it's I want to, I want to, I want to interject with, uh, um, you know, um, you know, when you, when people ask us that question, that it, that question in itself is racist. You wouldn't ask a white person that, "Hey, where are you from?" No, exactly. That's why right. I think like it's the weirdest thing. Like, if you're if I was somewhere else, like, "Where are you from?" and I'm like, "Oh, I'm from New York," or "I'm from Canada," then there's like a, 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 a follow up question. question. There's a follow up <laughs> question based on your no, appearance. no, no. That's not what I meant. Yeah. No, where are you from? From so it's like what like what do you mean by that? I don't. I don't. Uh, I always feel like, you know, if I say from, I'm from Canada, that should be that should be sufficient. If I really need to go, I'd say I'm from Vancouver, or if I'm from America, I'd say I'm from New York, or you know, I'm from Queens. That's it, and that's and I just move on. That's <laughs> that it. should be good enough. You know, that that answer should be good enough. But the fact that that question is being asked is kind of like it's got racial undertones. Yeah, it, it puts us out to be the perpetual foreigner. I mean, it's like when you ask someone that question, it's kind of infers that you don't belong here. You look like you don't yeah. belong here. You know, so you should really shouldn't be asking that question unless I can't. I don't know. I can't fault them 
because you know ignorance it was, I yeah, can't it was normal it was normalized it's normalized to ask that and yeah it's and, it's the idea that america is not everybody's country right mm. why you say that to me america is like a land of immigrants so when as someone says that i'm from america i don't really care what they look like but for others it's like no you're not from america you're from somewhere else other than america it's like yo we're all from different parts of the world except if you're you know native american and you're you know this you're originally your land like we we have no claim that america was ours in the beginning with so. kind of depending if like some people maybe some people have like really bad experiences with other like other races because sometimes people oh what do you mean because like sometimes people have had bad experience with like that specific race and now like every time that race pops up, they feel like, like they like don't they like belong in that kind of race. They don't like feel like cared about that race because mm. maybe maybe someone before, like in the past, who was that race, kind of like made them feel like uncomfortable and made them feel like. Oh, so you're saying because of that one incident, now they think that that's gonna apply to everybody oh, else, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like it's because one perspective can change their whole life because one little thing that one someone can do can affect their life and change their perspective on how they think of the race. But I think it goes back to what Byron and Ven say. It's all about awareness, and it all goes. It boils down to educating yourself and taking the time to educate others. And I think I think even Ben said it. It's um. It's an opportunity you know, to, to learn. And it, we don't know everything. I, I certainly don't know everything. I don't right. know everything uh, But I would, I'd love to have a conversation with somebody else that might, that it's outside of my circle to kind of educate me. And I always see, I always see myself, um, you know, gravitating towards people that are like-minded, like myself. I'm like, I'm always willing to have a conversation, but that's my personality. Not everybody might not might be so welcoming or might be so understanding, but this is why we have the conversation with you guys. Yeah, you know, so like you understand, you know, hey, everybody's different. You know, we're not all the same. The only bad experience I've had is when people kept like calling me fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sure. is but is that something? It's, it's not a race, right? It's nothing. It has nothing to do with your race. It has no, nothing no to do like, with no one like like called me like you know racist or anything or anything but mm-hmm. like it's only because of my weight right nothing really else right but then then again if somebody judges you just because of your weight and they don't have the opportunity to learn about you they're the ones that lose out so it's not only things about characteristics you know again we're talking about religion we're talking about gender we're talking about you know different color skin so again, when they don't give themselves the opportunity to learn more about you and they just only look at you because you say that they say that you're fat, which I don't think you're fat. I think you're pleasantly plumped, but that's another subject. <laughs> right, very, very ripe. It, it does not give the, you know, the people an opportunity to get to know you more. Right. right? And I think that's the same idea when it comes down to, to discrimination. Right? Because when I um, see people, I don't necessarily want to think that they're a threat. Because, so you don't want to think of the worst of people, right? Yeah, because if I like meet people that like that like remind me of the people that like like kept 
bother me and get bullied me because before I'm not sure if I just trust them anymore mm-hmm. or trust those certain kind of people because because like because like with my school no one really like wants to be friends with me mm-hmm. so uh, so that I think that's a deeper subject that when it comes to when people don't want to be your friend because of you as an individual or is it because they don't want to be friends with you because you may be Latino or you may be Spanish or something like those are the different things that you have to kind of take. And this is something that you're learning as you get older, because this is how people identify themselves. Right. You might find yourself with a group of people that are may not share your same views, but if they respect you and they have an understanding and it's a mutual understanding between two people from two completely different backgrounds i think that's what the whole point of this is because when I, every, every time i try to make friends i try to say oh hello my name is adrian mm-hmm. i'm blah, blah 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 right but they always run away from me i don't think that's the case but i think it's i think it's just it boils down to again being aware and being willing to have a conversation so I want Jen- to have a conversation most of the time, but but then maybe the people you you messing with, you don't need to be messing with them, and they don't need to be your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with wow. mom. I agree like, with mom. Like you when I, even when the bullies, I try to become friends with them. Yeah, but I don't like bullies in general, so so yeah. I don't I don't want to talk about bullies wow. because there's some people that are bullies and don't like anyone and don't like Just nobody. Okay, and for their friends mm-hmm. and are friends. kind of stupid. Oh. oh. Okay. It's a strong word. I'm serious. They're kind of stupid. Okay. All right. A little strong there. But I think, I guess the next question that I want to ask is, um, have any of you gentlemen ever dealt with this uh, situation dealing with discrimination solely based on how you look? Um, I don't know if, uh, uh, Ben, do you want to take a a stab at this? Was there any type of situation that you've, you've dealt with? I never, I never, you know, being fifth generation American, you know, I didn't even, and I was telling um, Byron this while we were, we were getting everything set up, you know, like I didn't even realize I was an Asian guy until I was in college. (laughs) You know, because I went, because let me tell you something, like, I didn't know. Uh, I went to a predominantly, um, uh, a black school. There's a lot of Caribbean. There's a lot of huge Caribbean population there in Brooklyn. And uh, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. Uh, the only other Asian kid in the neighborhood was my brother, you know, so like, <laughs> live in your house. <laughs> yeah, and he lives in my house. That's right. So uh, when we went down to Maryland, again, we went to another neighborhood where we were the, where we were the only Asians, but now it's more pronounced because the thing is um, where I went to school was truly diverse. I mean, I say there's a lot of Caribbean population, but there's a lot of other ones in there too, you know, um, and I didn't really, we didn't really place a, a large focus on my Asianness. I guess it's sort of like the same similar experience to Byron in Vancouver. We didn't really place a huge emphasis on, on that, you know? Um, and then when I went down to Maryland, that's when I first experienced racism firsthand, you know? And the thing was, you know, you, you had this, you had a school where you had white kids and black kids and I don't remember. I don't think there was a Spanish kid in that class. Wow. But, uh, where, that's hard. And We're like, everywhere. And uh, I, where, where do I go? You know, you got a, you got a school of like 300 kids and it's just me and my brother, the two only Asian kids in the whole school. So where, where do we go? Where do, where do we sit at lunch? You know, 
And um, this was a larger school than what I was accustomed to growing up. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know where I fit in. I was just me, you know, I was just Ben and race was never an issue. But, uh, I, you know, going into that cafeteria that first day in school at the new school, oh. like everyone's segregated. You know, you, ha- you have you, you have black and kids, black kids and white kids, but like they weren't sitting together. That was that was very um, that was a very profound introduction to, you know, how how race was dealt with down there. And, wow. and, that, and, that, and that is something that I saw going through high school as well. But the benefit that I had going to the high school where I did, it was, it was a magnet program where you had all walks of life from around the county going into this school. So I was fortunate enough where I did encounter, you know, other people that kind of looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, was, it was new, it was uncharted territory for me because, you know, it, I, I never had Asian friends growing up, you know? and. Uh, but in any case, this is my long way of saying, you know, I, I, as far as racism is concerned, you know, I, 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 uh, I came upon it for the first time somewhere around age 14, 13 or 14. Right. And they, and you know, and you, I don't know if you guys did this when you guys are around that age, you know, you have your friends sign your yearbooks and stuff like that at the end of the year. Did you guys have that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Right. No one and, signed mine. And, uh, <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? He said nobody signed this. <laughs> All the people that signed it were like four people. Everybody else had friends, and I was just sitting there. Oh my god! I feel oh like no. we need to have a separate show yeah, just for you. Just, you are from. Listen, I'm gonna. You want you want a wingman? I'll, I'll come be your wingman. I'm gonna go to school. You school see? With you, okay? the agent Bye. show. I'm my wingman. The I'll agent. Pass. So, uh, the agent show. So, in any case, I was 13. I was, I was 13, uh, I think I was 13 at the time and I was getting people to sign my yearbooks and they, like, I would say a good 50% of them were like, um, ethnic slurs. They were calling <gasps> me like, uh, no. you know, the ethnic slurs, like the Asian equivalents of the N word, you know, like every single one, every, every ethnicity, wow. <laughs> so the, the Korean ones, the Chinese ones, all of them. And I'm like, because you, you got to understand that, umbrella. Like, that was the, you assumption. Understand. this is my, this is my, my first, um, you gotta understand. I didn't grow up with these kids. I didn't. I didn't know who they were. This is a new environment for me. Environment for me, you know, because I grew up in in New York. It's a melting pot over there, you know. And I come to this new environment. I don't have any friends, and uh, I get some folks to sign my yearbook, and it's got all these like slurs in there, you know. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say on, say it on this podcast, but you know, you guys use your imagination, right? And then, uh, and this, and this sort of kind of continued on a little bit in high school, but not as much because in high school I had the opportunity to choose my own friends. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Um, yeah, and I got bullied, but I don't think it was for skin color. You know, um, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think I got bullied for skin color. And I was, you know, I, I, I made my own friends. You know, and and here's here's the thing, Adrian. I want you to know. You know, like people that don't want to be your friends, you don't have to make that effort. You know, <laughs> your friends. Yeah, I tell them all the time. I tell them yeah, that. like people that want to be your friends. You know, you like they'll be your friends. Yep. You know, it, it shouldn't you shouldn't be you doing all the all the effort and you putting forth all the effort to make all these friends. I you try know, you, so hard and they never accept me. No, no, you never have to try. You don't. See, you shouldn't he, have to he, try. He make, but that's the point that he's making, sweetheart. People will gravitate towards you no matter what. Yeah. That's right. You got to find your people. Yep. That's all. What, there's a cartoon about that. There you got to go just go find your people. No <laughs> okay. But here's, okay. Here's, here's what I will say. It is difficult to find your peoples when you're not in school. I, that, I, yeah. that I have to agree. Even with, even with school, um, absolutely no one wants to go near me. Like they, they always, there's a saying that uh, that your true friends are your college friends. 
Yeah, that, that's what not true. What do you mean? You're not in college yet. You don't know. <laughs> I still talk to some of my college friends all the time. Well, so I'll continue on. So I'll continue on, right? So this was, uh, so now we're in my teen years, right? Uh, I don't see too much discrimination. Uh, if, if, if it did exist, it was probably under, under the surface, you know? Um, but I, I certainly, you know, I, I, I dated outside of my race. You know, I had friends outside of my race. Um, you know, like, so I, if, if there was, there, there was racism, I didn't really see it then. Uh, but, uh, more recently, I was very shocked to see, you know, especially after COVID, um, you know, all the stuff that came out after COVID, you know, all the stuff that's being said, I was like, that's, you know, I, I, I wasn't really a hundred percent surprised because, you know, I knew it was there. Really? You weren't yeah. surprised. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, now they, they just have permission to be out loud about it. That's all. For those four years, they had permission to say those things and do those things, you know? Uh, but even before COVID, like a couple of years before COVID, um, uh, there's a story I haven't shared much with other folks, right? So, you know, I'm a wedding photographer, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I went to a camera store out here in Jersey and Jersey's like one of the bluest states out there. You wouldn't expect to hear about racism in out here in New Jersey, right? But I went to this camera store and I was asking about a camera and, you know, the guy was mumbling or I don't know. He, he, it was like, he didn't want me in the store. He didn't want me to buy anything from the store. And, um, and I was like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't catch what he said. I was like, Oh, can you repeat that? I, you know, I didn't get what you said. And he like, he pulls his eyes aside and he's like, <gasps> and he's like, no. Does, do you understand me better if I speak like this? You know? Wow. And what a uh, jerk. this was maybe 2013, 2014. So this wasn't even that long ago. And I'm like, are you serious, dude? Like I'm here just trying to buy a camera. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready to spend a lot of money in this store. And I, I was, I was speechless because I didn't think that that was still around in 2013. Wow. And that's crazy. Back to what Byron said. Like, I don't, being a minority, I've kind of accepted the fact that racism in some form is going to exist. But, you know, maybe there's things that we can do to mitigate it by raising our kids right, exposing them to a world outside of their school or their town or their homes. You know, because I find that a lot of my friends or acquaintances from high school, you know, the ones that harbor these, these feelings, they might not identify as racist, but maybe they harbor um, racist thoughts and things like that. Um, they, wow. they, 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 they've never left their towns. You know, they, they, they know, they, they stay with what's comfortable. They stay, um, they only know what they know. They only but they know what they know. Yeah. But that's so crazy that he had an incident like this back in 2013. If I pull my eyes to the side, like, like <laughs> what is that about? That's yeah. so crazy. You had an incident in, I um, I did. We were at a Sesame Sesame Street place. Sesame Place. Oh yeah, uh -huh. I don't even. Want to and they got that. she got into an argument with some lady because <laughs> for no reason, and she was literally telling the girl to tell your son, please don't kick me, because the the guy the girl had her son over her shoulders, and he kept kicking Stephanie in the head, the bit the child. So she kept telling her, "Can you please have your kid stop?" So now they're going back and forth, and then the girl is saying. Um, I'm going to go get my friend because you're over here speaking Spanish to me and I don't understand Spanish. <laughs> and, oh, clear, but meanwhile, clearly, like, clearly she's talking I'm English. I'm having a conversation with you yeah. and giving you instructions English. about how English. your kid is kicking me in my head and you're telling me I'm replying to you in Spanish. Yo, let me go get my friends. You over here talking Spanish to me. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
No, I'm not. Well, and I've, right, and, and meanwhile, I was eight and a half months pregnant mm. at that time. With who? And this is with... with no, with Stefan. With Stefan, yeah, Stefan. And it was just... It was just an immediate, like, I, it was a shutdown for me. Because it was just like, how do I, how do I apply? I mean, repl- you know, to reply to this individual when you're telling me that I, you're assuming that I'm Spanish because I'm talking in English. I don't understand how that works. But it was just like the idea that you were ready and willing and able to go get your friends to come and come and come at me because I said something to you. That was not in English. In English. I, it was just, it was a very sad situation that it could have went astray real quick. But thankfully, you know, I had the right people around me. But it was just like, oh, I don't understand you. You, you talking Spanish to me. I was like, oh, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> it was just like, are you serious? And this is back well, you know, in 2011? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, like, the thing is, some people just can't be saved. You know, I mean, you can try to build those bridges, but I want to, I, I want to talk to There's people. Some that bridges talk. that have to be burned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, you know, I, I just have to read the room and, and, and see who, who are the folks that I can reach out to, because there are some folks that you can't save them. You know, they have their ways. Yeah. Yep. Um, you have to pick your battles. You know, where can I affect the most change? How can I, I? Yeah, and I think it starts at home. That's that's where yeah. it starts. Everything starts at home. You know, maybe mm-hmm. a lot of maybe not. Maybe people understand it, but it always starts at home. Whether if it's positive or negative, it does start at the home. But I want to take a step back on how you mentioned something about discrimination started way before COVID. But I think it was only exasperated because of COVID. And you know, again, with it, talking about leadership, it was also. Uh, what was the idea behind it? That this is a China virus and this and this. So I don't know. How did you feel about in, in that situation? Because like you said, it almost gave permission to say certain things and to, to be overt. It doesn't certain- give permission, but people thought it gave permission to, you know, just Wait, because maybe it didn't give permission. It doesn't still doesn't give you permission to, to hate on somebody just because it came from another country. Just because you're here doesn't mean you're, you're, you're actually over there and you're the one that started and stuff like that. You know, you're just, uh, you know, a bystander to the cause right now. Just, just getting hurt verbally, you know, for no reason. Even though yeah. like Ben O'Byron had no ties to this at all, but just because of the way they look, they're going to, going to try to verbally abuse, assault them or do for no reason. I think the best way to do, you know, the best response to, you know, that type of rhetoric is to lead by example, you know, be the, be a good example. You know, there's no way, there's no way, you know, Ben is responsible for this. (laughs) Ben and his people are responsible for this. Or Byron, right? So like, again, you know, you got some people that are um, well beyond helping, you know, Um, all I can do is educate my, my kids. And prepare them, you know, mentally prepare them for the hate that's going to come their way, you know, for something that they can't help. Right. What about you, Uh, Byron? I mean, if we, if I was to go back, you know, I left, I left Vancouver at 27, 28. And like my elementary school, high school, uh, university, it was always mixed. 
like everyone hung out with each other um not everyone i mean there was a lot of mixing it wasn't like groups like there weren't there weren't like this group or this group or this group and they're all sitting at their own tables like i i was like um uh, i i mixed in with everybody you know i just sat wherever i felt like sitting i i never really got bullied at all growing up so i think i'm fortunate in that regard maybe i think one or two incidents if i remember someone said you know a racial slur or some kid or something like that in passing but it, it it had no effect on me because it wasn't even like it was more like uh, like humor to them and i i knew it was a joke so it wasn't like i knew them personally or whatever but right. um and then in university when you have a lot much larger community and you get to you know choose your groups or go wherever you want to go but i've never really experienced the kind of like racism that may be described here in america right. you know so when i come to and then i lived in south korea for a couple of years and then i i definitely felt like like i was in the i was amongst everyone else like everyone thought no one would have thought that i was a canadian you know what i mean right. like everyone would assume and they speak korean to me and i'm like nah my korean's not that good you know and i'd speak <laughs> english back so i definitely didn't feel like i was korean you know because i didn't even like have the same manners as them and then i moved to america and it's like it's it's it's, it's definitely a lot heavier here you know like people stick more tribally in america which is which i find very strange but not in, not really in new york i mean some parts of new york but uh but i noticed like just through the news and the media it's like the protests and like the uh the riot and i'm like what what is this is i don't know it's just it's I've, i i just one part of the this country that i don't really understand why it still exists it's weird. Like we had the, you know, America had the civil rights movement. What is it? The sixties, right? right? Was it? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then you had like, I believe, yeah, yeah I, 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 I need to go look at the, the, do the history to see the actual year. But I mean, like you had the million man March, you had all these things where minorities and, uh, and African Americans and, or black Americans, however, I'm not really, I don't, I'm even uncomfortable using that word African-Americans or black Americans because they're Americans to me. Why? Like, why, why do I need to, why do I need to define them as African-American? I'm as just going to call them yeah. Americans. American. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. Cause I'll I, tell you why. Um, and I wanted to ch uh, chime in earlier when you talked about identity politics and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I agree. I'm, I, I am, a, I am in agreement with you that, you know, we should all be Americans. You know, yeah. this, is, this is a country of immigrants when um, you shouldn't have to label someone um, based on their skin color, ethnicity, background or whatever. However, there is a little asterisk here. However, there is there is a very uh, unique experience that Chinese Americans have that maybe Korean Americans won't have Might and then African Americans won't have right, and right. Uh, Hispanic Americans might have, you know, that all those experiences are different. So it's almost like, um, it's almost like when you say black lives matter and then you follow up with saying all lives matter. Okay. It's like, you don't want to take away from 
because the experience they have in the country is going to be unique to that community. Right. So that's the only reason why I think that, you know, you still have your African American History Month. You have Asian American History Month, which is next month, by the way. Next month. But nobody talks about that, you know? And um, yes, I agree with Byron. You know, we should all be labeled as Americans. You know, we shouldn't see color. However, we... I, th- I still think it's important for us to retain some that some part of that identity, you know. Just like you know, you have some folks that might be a quarter Irish. They're they're celebrating St. Patty's Day. You know? <laughs> I think everybody celebrates St. Patty's Day. I'm Irish in March. Yeah, I'm Irish. You know, I wear green and I'm Irish because <laughs> I feel like my my perspective is like more of a Canadian one. The right. Irish the Irish identity is a part of my identity. The Scottish identity, cult, like the traditions in Canada, like the bagpipes when they play. Mm-hmm. I love the bagpipes and I accept that as part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chinese community in Canada, the Japanese community in Canada, the Indian community in Canada. Like mm-hmm. I grew up eating Indian food and, you know, uh, even like American Chinese food, you know, mm-hmm. that's all inclusive in my identity as a Canadian. And it's not something that I need to separate with a uh, with a hyphen but i think Mm -hmm. but you still but you still use a labeling system why not because you're trying to separate everybody but it's it's a a recognition and i think what ben said uh, great before is that yes we do have the blm movement but we're still not trying to take away their idea yes we understand that all lives matter but we're trying, you're missing, you're missing the message. That, that's not, that's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say an all lives matter issue. I'm, I'm like, when I was talking about the civil rights movement, it's like gaining more social equity. Uh, and that's, that's really what it is, is that we're trying to gain more social equity. So then ideally, I think at some point the word African-American doesn't really apply anymore because we are all. You know, like African-Americans don't have to say I'm African-American. There's, they're, they're Americans just like every other American. But we, we have those, I think, hyphenated identities because they don't have social equity. That's a good and point. And, and the people of color and other marginalized groups and visible minorities, they say I'm Chinese-Canadian, Japanese-Canadian, Korean, or sorry, Chinese-American, Japanese-American, because they're, they're making an effort to gain equity in which then they are really equal, but we're not equal. So that's why there is the hyphen hyphenated identities because it's like, we need a group, you know, we need to have a collective effort to gain more equity. And until that happens, like that's, that's, that's where I feel like America or Canada is a little different because uh, I don't think slavery is as, was as deep as of an issue as it was in America. So we don't have the legacy of slavery that America has. And so people in Canada are not dragged, you know, that it's not affecting their identity in Canada. So people in Canada, when they're born and raised there, if I, if I travel to like another province like Saskatchewan uh, or I go to Manitoba, like Winnipeg and someone says, Oh, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Vancouver. I, I would say like 90, 95% of the time, oh, you're from Vancouver? And then the question, there's no follow-up question. 
there's no follow-up question. And I'm like, wow, you know, but here in America, it's just that legacy is everywhere. And so it's like, you always get that follow-up question. My ideas are not fully formed. You know, I'm still trying to understand some aspects of this country. I, I get what um, Ben was saying with, and, and what you were saying, Stephanie, about like Black Lives Matter and not saying like all lives matter. I get that. It's just that it's just there's definitely a hierarchy in the social equity in this country. And it's, 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 I think it's unfortunate. But where is that hierarchy? Where, where is it placed? Yeah. But when I, when I tell our kids, you know, like you're supposed to, when someone asks them, you know, you know, where you're from, what's your nationality, you know, the, the, the default answer is supposed to be China, uh, supposed to be American. Right. But at the same time, we, we do tell our kids that they are Chinese, Korean, American. There's a lot of hyphens there. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. You know, but the reason why we want them to know their roots is because there's there, there should be a sense of pride of you know the, their their family's journey into the country. You know, um, I don't want them to lose that necessarily. Yeah. I think Ben is like it's like. <sighs> I don't, I, I'm in that spot where I was like, <laughs> he's in that cushy spot again. Yeah. Yeah. So like, am I uh, racist? How do I, am how I do not I, racist? How do I, like, how do I, I have how do a I, black like, boyfriend. Yeah. You're in that squishy area yeah. again. See, I got up to the point. I just don't care about race. I just don't really like, I just want to see people for who they are. The person as the person, him or herself or whatever, like, you don't know. I just want to treat, are you a good person or a bad person? That's all I really care right. about. On, on the flip side of that same coin, I'm with you 100%. On the flip side of that coin, when I see someone, whether uh, usually it's with minorities, whatever, I want to also empathize with their struggles here in the States yeah. also. Yeah. I want to understand it because the thing is, their experiences are not going to be the same as the mine. Same as right. Ours. right, right. You know? So if like, I'll give you an example. Um, I was at, I think I was at a party on the beach, this was like in my 20, early 20s, maybe even late teens or something like that, a beach house and everything. Like, we, you know, I had some black friends with me and stuff, but I was worried for them because I, you know, I knew that their experiences dealing with law enforcement is going to be very different from mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, a, it was an under, it was like an underage drinking party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Enough said. And, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and the cops showed up and I knew I was, I was, I was, genuinely concerned for, for my black friends because I knew that law enforcement, their experience is going to be different from mine. Yeah. You know, you don't want that to be the case, but unfortunately that's, that's the same. Yeah. That's the reality. Right. You know, hopefully it changes, but yeah, that's the current reality and it's unfortunate. Yeah. But how do we change that? How, how, how do we move forward as a society and accepting those that are different from us? Right. So how do, how do we represent that tolerance how do we represent understanding because that i think that's the hard part i think that's the hard question because yeah. it, it ben makes a a surprising point that he was more concerned with the health and safety of his other friends as opposed to himself because of the idea that's already been created already oh i was right? scared out of my mind too yeah but but, I, was, I was gonna say i was like you know i have this but, kind of funny idea if, yeah. I, if i may the only i think really we're going to realize we're all in this together is if aliens visit our planet and then we realize it's us versus them. And, and honestly, I think that's really like, that's the break, you know, but right now it's us versus the other person or it's me versus you. Us yeah. versus them, then versus you. Yeah. We don't, you we don't have us. an other that's greater than us. 
You know what I mean? So it's me versus you until aliens visit our planet. And then it's us like independence day and everyone's going to work together mm-hmm. and we're all going to be friends. The real aliens are coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and until that How happens, we classify just, them, you know, think, like you don't, well, we don't have a classification for aliens, you know, come on. <laughs> if the aliens come, then we know we're, we're, we're done for because their technology would be way more advanced than ours. <laughs> we, we have all this like, race talk and stuff but until we have a different species that threatens us then we'll realize that we're really just the human race but we're not at that point yet so i don't know it's just a funny idea that i play with in my head well i think that aliens so let's like let's hmm let's like pretend that we do eventually actually meet aliens what would you treat them like would you treat them like you know, like other people, would you treat them nice? Would you treat them in a rude way? Listen, it's, the like w- a, it's like a normal person. How <laughs> no, would you treat them? The world we live in, society is going to treat them as outcasters and outsiders. an enemy. Yeah. Outsiders and like an enemy, just like we do now. Well, yeah. if you th- well, well, what no, mean, what, how we do well, now? It depends, it depends if they're friendly or if they're hostile. If they're hostile, we have to destroy them. Aliens. <laughs> No, I just it's kind Shut of a up, funny Adrian. joke. Yeah. If they're friendly, <laughs> then we trade technologies with them. Yeah, but back to what around. Stephanie was saying, you know, how do we move forward from this? It's multifaceted. It's not I don't think there's a silver bullet that's gonna take care of oh, yeah, a, a lot of it it's no gonna be awareness. Yeah, no General thing. awareness and then yeah. sitting down and having a conversation with folks who are on the fence. Yeah. That squishy middle that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the people that are lost and long gone, I mean there's no point trying to change their minds you're 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 only going to um it doesn't help the situation you know but you but for those people you can lead by example yeah you know yeah so you don't have to live up to those stereotypes or whatever you, just, you know you like, have to prove to them that you're good that's it and if yeah. not then you just you know you just move on because they're really not going to be in your world anyway yeah so. but it always ties back to if we're trying to move forward how do we do that and then we have to look to our leaders, right? And that might have not been the greatest example, but they play a role in, in, in trying to, to understand how to lead and how to, you know, run a country, you know? So, I mean, when it comes to that, how do we, how do we listen to those that we thought that might have an understanding? I don't think that people would, would uh, the people that didn't listen to begin with, we're going to listen to him ah. anyway. <laughs> so they Great were out anyway. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, one person doesn't speak for, you know, what, 330 million people in the country. So um, he's going to speak to his people. We have our people that we listen to. We have people who are in our tribe, you know, people who are leaders in our tribe. And uh, we, we follow them. You know, we can be leaders ourselves. And um, share those messages about what's right, what's wrong, what's good. You know? I mean, it sounds very kumbaya stuff, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what we can do. You know, we as parents and stuff, that's what we can do. You know, you're doing this podcast with the kids. You know, that, that kind of stuff helps. You know, and then putting this stuff out there in the universe to spread awareness about these issues that's how we do it one small yeah. step that's all we can do one small step mm-hmm. one small step for man one giant step for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> what but uh but you know uh what we have done for our kids uh we take them out to travel with us 
and it's and we don't take them. I mean, we we do our resort trips every now and then, like to Disney or to Mexico or whatever, right? Um, but we take them when we go out, like to Europe. You know, when we can travel again, we we want to take them, you know, out around the world, and and see what other people do. That's I think that is part of the key too. You know, because the thing is, people are ignorant because they are ignorant. They don't know what they don't know, and um, there's a there's a world that's bigger out there. And the more they they get themselves exposed to how people do things out there, uh, I feel like I don't know. That gives them a better sense of 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 what's out there, and, and I, I think it produces less racist children. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, traveling is definitely <laughs> important. I think traveling and looking at other countries and their cultures and appreciating it helps a lot. Definitely. Yeah. So when we moved out to Maryland, I mean, we were, we were really poor when we were growing up, you know, it was like, uh, there was a four of us, four of us in an apartment, in a one bedroom apartment, roaches and mice and all that kind of, all that good stuff. Right. And we moved out to Maryland for an opportunity for a business opportunity for my dad. And we moved to another poor neighborhood down in Maryland. So that's why there was that segregation part, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. school was segregated. When I went to high school in the more affluent part of, of the county, uh, you didn't see the segregation as much. It was, it was a little bit more integrated. Where we ended up moving to in, uh, when we first arrived in uh, Maryland, it was really poor. It was a really poor, poor neighborhood. And I think to myself, like, I grew up in that neighborhood too. You know, how did I get, a, how did I get those opportunities? I, the way that I'm thinking is, like, I got the same opportunities as these kids too because we grew up in the same neighborhoods we had the same teachers why and 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 I, and I was a latchkey kid too you know so like i didn't have my parents at home while they were working it was just me and my brother from like basically you know morning to night you know so like i didn't i didn't have adults in the house either you know so how did i end up the way that i ended up and you have other communities of color that had the same opportunities as i did but maybe they're not experiencing um, maybe their lives unfolded differently than, than the way that my life unfolded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think that comes with like, that's a loaded question because again, we have to take into yeah, consideration. So, so, so now is that like systemic exactly. now? Yeah, see, that's where it goes really deep. Now it goes deeper. About, it, it goes, goes deeper, deeper to though. systemic racism. Yeah, this is what I think about. This is, you know, I'm, I'm really fun to have at parties, you know? <laughs> <laughs> really fun to- uh, so like, these are the things I talk about or not talk about, but these are the things I think about. And I, you know, I, and I thank you guys for, um, you know, giving, uh, you know, having this, this discussion, you know, having the opportunity to have this discussion because I do want my, my peers to have the same opportunities as I did, but what, what, what in their lives is preventing them from doing that? You know, I, I, right now I live in New Jersey and I live in a part of New Jersey that is currently undergoing some, uh, some period of transition, right? Uh, it's predominantly black and brown and uh, the schools are terrible right the schools are terrible Um, and but my kids are getting a great education because they have the opportunity to go elsewhere for school they go to private school right certainly the kids in in the neighborhood you know they they might not have those opportunities why 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 can't they have all those opportunities or, or is that even necessary why why is it so necessary for the parents to have to send the kids to private school they want to have their make sure they have a good education right you know why can't they get a school to go to public schools in town you know i think when it comes to making decisions about children's education it gets 
so cloudy mm-hmm. because what happens is for us, yeah, right. We, we, we went to inner city. Schools. We went to inner city schools, and you go to your zone school. Right. So it was like whether you <laughs> figure it out or not, and I and I believe you had the same experience too, right? You said that you had to go to a, a zone school, and that's the school you had to stick with. So I think it, it, right. it boils down to where in the community you you set yourself, right? right? And then are you given the tools to right. for success? Right. And I, again, it boils down to how do I get to A to B? Right? right. If we're all, we all start at the same place. Right. How is it you're doing better than me? How is it I'm doing better than you? I think it's all about attitude. I think it's about um, understanding, awareness. And I think it's just a lot about a yeah. motivation. Oh, yeah. Too. Motivation and drive and, and ambition. And See drive how, and ambitious how far do you want to go in life? You right, know, because right. like me, you know, Rolando and I, we both grew up in one of the worst neighborhoods in New York, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we both made it out, you know, because usually statistically in our neighborhood, a lot of kids don't see 21. Yeah, because a lot of it was associated mm-hmm. with gang, you know, affi- right, gang, gang affiliation, affiliation and drugs, and things like everything, that, right. and drugs like that. And, and mm-hmm. I, I understand what Ben is saying because we're doing the same thing. The kids go to charter school, they go to a good school because we don't want them in that inner city environment. Where they might mm-hmm. fail or they might succeed. Yeah, but the question is, are we making that assumption that the inner city schools are not working because there's data that shows that? There's data. Okay. okay. But then at the same time, it's up to the individual. But I've seen success stories from both sides. I've seen, you know, I've seen success stories from kids in poor city schools. They thrive. They become, you know, famous and all that stuff. And at the same time, you see it from private school kids. You know, they come. But at the same time, you see the reverse you know, from private school, they, they had the opportunity. Right. They had the opportunity, yet, they, then they go the, the wrong the way. The opposite direction. The opposite direction, and they go to hang out with the wrong crowds mm-hmm. because, number one, they never experienced that. You know, because once they start meddling with other friends from the other neighborhoods that go to the school, oh, come to my neighborhood. This is where I'm from, y'all. And then they, they see that environment, they're like, yo, I've never seen this before. You know, like, I like, I, I like, like it. Yeah. Like and then it. they get, they kind of really get pulled into that environment, you know. But it, it's it's but that's life. Though. Yeah, it's life. That's yeah. life. That's life lessons that you have to. But we want what's best for our kids, and we'll of course, do right, and the thing is, like, parents, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as Car- you know, Karis and I, we we travel a lot. We we see a lot of what's out there, you know. So we know what's possible for the right. kids, you know. And I think a lot of times, maybe, and this is just assumptions too, you know. Like you have some folks that are kind of um, they're in these bad communities and they're just stuck. They don't know mm-hmm. how to get out. You know, and they don't have these same opportunities as I had, you know, like it's much easier for me to pick up and go. I can pick up and go, but they might not have that same opportunity. It could be job opportunities that they're right. lacking. It could be educational stuff. It could be, it could be a lot of financial stuff. You know, I don't know. There could be a lot of different things yeah, that are keeping so them in that community. Yeah, that to take into you know? consideration. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, like, how, how can I make this town better? You know, like, is it? I don't know. I don't know. How do you, how do you, you know, but anyway, I mean, our town's in the middle of a transition, you know, so like it is, it is gentrifying slowly, but, and even that, like, I don't even know how I feel about that either. Cause you're displacing a lot of folks who are just, they're just poor. They're not bad people. They're just poor, you know? And that's, right. that's the kind of, dis- I, I need to distinguish that with my kids a lot of times too. Like, 
poor people are poor just because they have no money. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. Right, right. You know? right. Because, you know, your dad grew up really poor. <laughs> doesn't mean that we're bad. Yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, son, you know, we're still poor now. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know? I'm not poor, but you are. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like these kids, you know, like, they, they have it better than what we had oh, growing up. A hundred and ten percent, I agree. They shouldn't feel stuck in that mindset, you know? And I think maybe like exposing the kids to what's out there, knowing what's possible. You know, you could be a doctor, you could be an astronaut, right. you can do all those kind of things, you know? You have could them, be president one day. Encourage them, encourage them to dream big, you know, make those, uh, have those opportunities for them. One thing I was thankful for my parents was that, uh, you know, even though we were latchkey kids, they kept our schedules full to keep us out of trouble. So we would have, we would have um, after school activities and things like that, you know, just to keep our schedules full. Whether it's like Kumon, do you know what Kumon is, Brian? Yeah, yes, Byron? yes, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a tutoring. Yeah. yeah, it's so a super what, Asian thing. Were you the yeah. tutor, or you were? <laughs> oh, I knew you were gonna ask that question. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Were That's you the tutor? getting tutored. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even scratched the tip of the surface. All right. But, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not tea in this cup. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, no, no. But I think seriously, though, like, how, how do we help the kids? Because, like, you know, we, I, I, even though you know the you know the kids have all the potential in the world, but like, how can we change that environment so that they could thrive, you know, and not fall into fall into trouble when right. they become grown ups? See, and, and Ro and I, we almost went the other route. Mm-hmm. You know, plenty of times we had plenty of choices to go the other way. And we but parenting, to... you know, parenting plays a big role. Yeah. You know, they see they see that there's trouble there, so they correct it. You know, some some, and then you guys have that. Uh, advantage of being able to pick up and go. It, it probably wasn't an easy transition, but you know, it's something that had to be done, right? Yeah, my mom was a single parent, so it was she was never home, and plenty of times we could have we could have steered south from where we are now, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're kind of glad we didn't. And and I luckily I had like yeah, I'm glad. Luckily, mm-hmm. I have uh, good role models in school, a lot of good teachers to to push me and guide me mm-hmm. in the right way because they saw potential right. in me. You know, mm-hmm. so like, you know, so back to Stephanie, what back, back to Stephanie was saying, you know, how do we fix this, right? It could be the parenting, it could be a lot of things too. And it's not just political too. Uh, we put too much emphasis on what the political leaders are saying. I agree. You know, just, I agree. They're just, pup- they're just puppets, you know, um, they're just like talking heads and stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> you figure could, heads. <laughs> talking heads. Talk- yeah. You could, you, you know, you could talk to, um, uh, what you call it? You can uh, you could speak out something as small as speaking out against like little microaggressions. Like that's not right. You shouldn't say those things. You know, when people say inappropriate things on social media. The people, the evildoers, right? The villains. They never think that they're the villains. hundred percent. Right. No one ever. No one ever thinks that. That wasn't you me. Know, they think that they're. They think that their moral compass is you know is 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 pointing the right way. That's the way you got to look at it too, you know. Like these people don't like again. These are the these are the people in the squishy middle. They don't think that whatever they're doing is wrong, you know. They think it's it's someone else's problem that that, that other people are screwing up, you know. It's not them. It's someone else. I'm sorry, Byron. If we're you speaking know? about our inner city experience here, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because it's weird because like you're 
talking about schools and stuff like that. I, I, my my experience is completely different. It's weird. He's like, I went to a good school. I went, I grew up in a private school and I was very lucky for that. You know, um, you know, going to grade school, my dad was a, a taxi driver and he supported that lifestyle. You know, uh, like we, we lived in a, like a, a tiny one bedroom apartment with roaches and mice and all that kind of stuff, just so that we could yeah. go to this private mm-hmm. school that was like more, you know, he probably spent 50% of his, um, of a salary, of, right? of a salary, <laughs> just to send us to a school that because if we were if we were to go to a school that we were zoned for, I think we would have turned out very differently. You know? Yeah. Do you think? Do you oh, really yeah. think? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because the friends that I made, the friends, you know, because you're a product of your environment. It's not just your parents. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely, hundred percent. So, um, like, like I said before, statistically, we shouldn't be here. Past mm-hmm. twenty one. But luckily, you know, I had good teachers. I had good yeah. friends. Um, I, I, we made it out there. You know, we made it out of there. We would need to do like a have a multifaceted approach to like dealing with discrimination and racism in America. You know? Absolutely. There's the media. There's the media too. I think I wrote you about this too. Like film and media, like the portrayal of Asian men in 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 um in in, in media, just in general. You know, like that's. There's discriminatory practices there too. Yeah, but that that even takes it into even further away from the 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 connotations and the message behind the filmmaking. Because you made a great point about that. I was like, if we're always looking to TV, right? You know, we we are a busy you know busy people. We're looking Netflix and Hulu and things like that. We are always looking to who are they representing? Oh, does that person look like me? Like, those are the things that I always look for in terms of like looking at shows and things like that. How can I relate? Oh, does this person, you know, understand my story and things like that. And it makes a a great point that when we are the product of our own environment, it's always good to have some sort of example on TV. And it's very difficult to find that. Because that's it's where a lot of the kids are getting their that's where a lot of the kids are getting their information. Absolutely. Yep. If it's not between TV shows, film, and social it's TikTok, media. TikTok, Facebook, oh, Instagram. TikTok got me, got me sick already. But everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I want to help, but I'm not, I'm not on TikTok, so. Memes. <laughs> and the memes. Oh, forget it. The memes. Gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for having this uh, conversation with us. I think that we have to have a follow-up because I there's just so many great questions to follow up with you guys and to kind of like dig deep into... Um, in terms of racism, in terms of discrimination, in terms of Asian hate and the, and the movement behind every of those things or every of those facets. But I don't know if you guys want to join us again and have another conversation about this because I think this is such a, this is such, it's, a, it's just so broad yeah, and so I can't, broad, yeah. we can't put it down yeah. into yeah. one episode. We, we just scratched the surface. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. So I want to say everybody, say goodnight to everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. We'll see you on the and next podcast. I'm going back to space. All right, guys. Good night, guys. Thank Good you. Good night, guys. Thank you again. Thanks, man.